I kept looking at stages and places where we were platforming people and they were all men. And usually white men at that. And so I was just like, I don't know that I fit here. Um, I don't know that there's a place for me, but I know that God's called me. Um, and so it's been this ongoing journey of wanting to be for people what I didn't have. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Unseen Collective Podcast. We are your hosts, Sandy and Tim. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> and you're like what is this we are the unseen collective podcast we're a group of people who get to come together and have hard conversations yep the kinds of conversations that kind of make you want to go to that but you know that you have to have it because it's just so necessary i like i said before i am sandy finellis i am a worship leader at a four square church in roselle new jersey I also co-lead um, youth ministry with my husband, Jawanza. I'm going to pass it over to you, Tiffy. Oh, before I forget, um, follow us on Instagram at Official Unseen Collective, where you can follow and be up to date with the things that are going on um, in our post. Um, even some things are happening happening in the news that we um, address just so you can be in the know. Um, and it's just having you flow with us more when we're not... Um, when we're off podcast season or whatever that is. Does that make sense? I'm going to pass it over to you, sure. Tiff. <laughs> Hi, I am Tiffany Sainville. I am a ministry busybody and an assistant pastor also at the Foursquare Church in Roselle, New Jersey. Um, Sandy and I have been part of Foursquare for a decent amount of time. For me, it's been a little over 20 years. So we've got... We've got some experiences in Foursquare that have led us to uh, being part of the origination of the Unseen Collective. Um, and our goal for the collective is to have these tough conversations so that we can really just heal together. Back in March, we had the privilege of having an online, one of our online gatherings dedicated to honoring women in ministry leadership as part of Women's History Month. And we got to talk to two powerhouses within the kingdom who came through and just kind of shared their story of what it was like for them to get to where they are today and just some of the opposition that they faced and so on. And today we're going to be revisiting Jennifer Figpen's story. She is one of our multi-ethnic ministry coordinators, and she's also a professor at Life Pacific University. An incredible, incredible, incredible woman of God who has, you know, just such breadth of experience to share and to talk about. Um, and I'm just super grateful for her openness. So let's go ahead and listen to what she had to say. All right. Well, every time I hear Jesse's story, I feel so grateful for my own upbringing because um, as a woman in leadership, like it does matter having those models. And I had parents that were just like, whatever God's called you to do, go do it. And we're going to pray that through and you're just going to like go be whoever God's called you to be. And so 
I never take that for granted. Um, especially when I hear stories like Jesse's and and others where they're just like, ah, we don't we don't know. I mean, to be fair, my dad's side of the family is Baptist. And so they had the struggle when my mom got licensed and became a pastor because they were like, we don't know how to deal with it. Like, we don't theologically agree. Um, and then I went and got licensed and became a pastor. And they were like, we, we still don't know what we're doing with this, but we love you. So we're going to go with it. And so even just to see the growth in in that family dynamic has been such a blessing um but a short version of my life is i got called to ministry as an eight-year-old at camp cedar crest um the lord told me i was going to be a worship leader and i was like okay sounds good that's easy um and then as i got older then i was like oh i don't really like being in front of people um i i'm very much an introvert and people exhaust me so i was like i don't know how I'm going to do this. Uh, shout out to all the introverts out there. Um, but I just kept showing up really faithfully. And the Lord just kept opening doors where I was able to lead people. So it started with worship leading and then camp and and just and at a very young age. Like I sometimes joke with some of my friends, like I got too much too soon. Like I feel like I'm going to like Every time I think I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like flame out because I've done too much. Like I've done it all. The Lord's like, just kidding. Let's just keep moving. Um, What has always been the challenge for me, though, has been as I've looked to other people. Like I had my mom and she was a great pastor, great senior pastor, my dad. So affirming of women and just like letting people be. But outside of that, I didn't have a lot of vision for what it looked like to be a female senior pastor or a female pastor or a female pastor of color. Like it just didn't exist in Foursquare. Um, And so I kept looking at stages and places where we were platforming people and they were all men and usually white men at that. And so I was just like, I don't know that I fit here. Um, I don't know that there's a place for me, but I know that God's called me. Um, And so it's been this ongoing journey of wanting to be for people what I didn't have um showing up in spaces because people need to see the representation of women um of women of color and and I didn't realize how significant it was until I started teaching at Life Pacific um it was my first semester I was at a meeting and one of the other staff members like walked up and hugged me um, and and she's a woman of color and she was just like, I'm so glad you're here. And she didn't have to explain why, but I knew it. I knew just having somebody else who shared an experience in a world, in academia, in, you know, Christian higher ed that you just don't have as many of us showing up in spaces like I knew what that felt like because I, I remember when I went to seminary, I went to Fuller Seminary and got my MDiv there. And I had the most diverse faculty I had had in my entire life of education. And and I remember my preaching practicum professor was a black woman. She was a United Methodist uh, uh, pastor. And I just remember like, oh, I can I can do this. I, I can do this. And she told me, she taught me how to faithfully exegete a text and how to be fully myself. And and I remember sitting in her office one day and, and I was like, you know, professor, like, I just, 
I'm I'm not the most care like I'm never going to be the most charismatic person in the room. I'm never going to be the loudest person in the room. I'm never going to be the people that I see on stages. And she said, "You don't have to be. You have to be exactly who God's created you to be." And then you de- you deliver the message that way. And that brought me so much freedom because I had been it, what had been modeled for me is that you had to be this very specific type of leader, like the extrovert the you know hype youth pastor type and I was just like I'm not I'm not that I don't want to be that um, and I can't be that so I was like I'm happy to be an administrative person I'm happy to sit in these background and I'm a really good number too like I love it I prefer it that way but every time the Lord pushes me forward it's out of obedience to saying like just just you know it's it's what Jeremiah talks about like there's the fire that shut up in my bones like I would never choose to preach because I don't like being in front of people. And yet every time I get in front of people and I get to open God's word, I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And and I want to do that for other women that, you know, where they've been told, like, you can't, you know, you have family or there's religious tradition or, you know, I, I was a children's pastor for a while. And I remember um, during that time, there was a parent. Uh, a father that had come up to me and somehow we got on the topic of women in in ministry. And he was like, yeah, you know, I know you're preaching next week. I'm not going to be here. And I was like, okay. Uh, Yeah. People say really dumb things to me. Like, I don't know. I do know why they do that, but we will, (laughs) we'll unpack that in a minute. Um, (laughs) But he was like, yeah, I just, I won't be here. And I was like, oh, really? Why is that? He was like, oh, well, because, you know, I don't really believe in women in ministry. I was like, first of all, you're at a four square church. So you should probably like talk to the pastor about that because that's going to be a problem. Uh, Like that's a bigger issue Uh, because our pastor's wife also preached. So I'm like, you're really missing like half the Sundays every month. Uh, But he was like, yeah, I just don't know that I believe in women in ministry. And he starts trying to quote First Timothy 2 at me and What's great about being a little bit of a biblical scholar is that I can like unpack that for them in like, you know, biblical context. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm your son's Sunday school teacher. I'm like, I'm his children's pastor. And he's like, oh, no, that's fine. You can teach the children. And I was like, great. When can I stop teaching the children? And he was like, huh? And I was like, let's just let's tease this out all the way. Like, when can I stop leading your son? And he was like, well, you know, when he's a man. And I was like, so when is that? Is that when he goes to you? Are, are we Jewish? Is it when he's 13? Like, when, when, when do we actually begin to hold that standard? Because, you know, I also worked in the youth ministry. And he was like, well, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. And I was like, yeah, maybe we just take more time and tease these things all the way out to their logical conclusion. Because if you think that I am a good leader and a good pastor for your son all the way till he turns up 18, what is the what is the thing that makes me unqualified the day he turns 18? And he was like, I don't know. And then he walked away. <laughs> um, but it was it was a moment where I was like, oh, this is when I stop arguing about this because the fruit of my life and the fruit of my ministry will sh- will show for itself. God God will do what God will do, and I don't feel the need to sit and argue with people about their tradition because more often than not it's not actually even really a theological conviction especially for a lot of our foursquare people it's tradition and so i'm like let's just talk your talk it all the way through let's process it all the way through and if you still at the end of that come to that conclusion 
cool. You just don't want to come to my church. There are a lot of other good churches out there. Mine is not for you. But being able to just help people get all the way through of like, do you actually believe this at a core level or is this just something that you've always practiced? And are you willing to hold your practice over what the Lord is doing in this moment? And like really inviting people to engage with God on that. Um, I I say it all the time, especially working in multi-ethnic ministry and when I'm dealing with um, like majority culture pastors who are like, I don't know if we should be pursuing diversity. I'm like, okay, let me give you like, here's the heart of God. And with women, especially, I'm like, here's the Great Commission. Do you want this to take twice as long because women are not allowed to preach? Because you keep saying these are the end times and these are the last days. So if you actually believe it, are you willing to let us go and make this go twice as long in order for us to get to this place where you where we can have the Great Commission fulfilled? No, then maybe you might want to unpack your theology about women in ministry. Um, I might get a little bit snarky with people sometimes about it, but it's because I just have this theological conviction that the Great Commission is not optional. And so anything that we're doing, whether it's in multi-ethnic spaces, diversity, women, has to be in service to God's kingdom. And wherever people are like, I wanna pick a fight about that, those are not people I wanna spend time with. Those are not people who are gonna be on mission with me. Those are people who just wanna sit back and pick a fight. And like, there's there's too many people that are dying and going to hell right now for me to sit and argue with people about stuff like this. Man, oh man, a woman who speaks my heart. <laughs> I love it. Jennifer, if you are listening, thank you so much for coming through with the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Oh my gosh. I just want to snap like, like Jen, (laughs) her, I just so appreciate the way she logically dismantles people's strongholds. right like through these questions of like okay if this is what you if this is your theology let's talk about let's sit down and dissect this together like logical beings so you can see how stupid (laughs) (laughs) i like so like her style reminds me so much of paul the apostle paul just like okay if yeah. this is how you're thinking, let's look at this from this angle. Does that make sense? No, it does not. Please don't let me come at you with a rebuke. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I just so appreciated her candidness and um, her fearlessness of being able to address an issue. Like, for me, I'm like, all right, you don't believe in this? I'm just like, ignore you because it's just like, come on, buddy. No, she's like, oh no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Let let's let me ask some questions. It's really gonna get you thinking so you can walk away pondering this or just realizing like mm, something is off with with me. Um yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna have to pause there and pass it to you, Timmy, because I'm still reeling. I'm still reeling. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, As someone who thoroughly enjoys the art of debate, it's not something that many people within 
the church want to do, right? Because everyone's oh. afraid of offending one another. But uh, if I offend you with scripture, if I offend you with theology, then that's something you need to take back to your prayer closet. If I'm offended by scripture, if I'm offended by theology, I need to go and take that to my prayer closet and really work that through with the Lord. But I never get those opportunities if someone isn't willing to be so bold as Jen and just speak the truth where it's uncomfortable and pose a question where I probably won't have an answer. You know, those things are super necessary. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So one man sharpens another. And in this case, it's a woman. So if you've got a problem with that, that's between you and Jesus, you know, and and I love that. I love that boldness. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's super necessary to just be bold enough to say, no, I'm a woman. You have a problem with that. That's a you issue, not me, because I'm made in God's image. Yes. Period. You know, so if you've got a problem with him, you can take that to the cross. You can take that to the feet of Jesus. It is what it is. Um, Yeah. So I I just I love hearing that story in particular that she shared about that confrontation with that father, because at the end of the day, he couldn't have walked away going, oh, that was nothing. He he had to walk away and go like, yeah, huh? Let me let me think this through, because I've never actually taken the time to break down what I think and the why behind it. For sure, for sure. Like when, when can I not no longer be qualified to teach? So good, so good, so good. And I think, even in her story, um, hearing that she was raised in this household where they were doing it right, like you know, mother is a senior pastor and she's being raised in this in in the way that she should go, basically. And then now to get out, not even the world, but the church, bruh. Right. The church and being confronted with something that is completely unbiblical. And it's like, (sighs) (laughs) yeah, it's a little, and that's a lot discouraging because it's like you're doing all this hard work in cultivating your child at home to send them not just into the world, but into the church and have it be that way. It's like, come on. Right. And I think that's one of the most harmful things within church culture is that we don't talk about those things right we don't talk about the fact that we expect the world to treat us one way we don't expect to be treated that way within the confines of the church so when it happens it can be extremely damaging so i i love jen's story um in particular, because of how deeply it contrasts Jesse's story, which we got to talk about on a previous podcast episode. If you haven't checked it out, please go ahead. Um, but her upbringing was so different because her mom was the senior pastor. Her father sincerely supports women in however God calls them and realizes that it doesn't make him any less of a man. Mm-hmm. to support his wife being the fullness of who she is in God, to support his daughter being the fullness of who she is, that he still gets to be the fullness of who he is. Come on, say it Christ. again. You know, and I, I'm blessed to know um, her dad. We're, we're 
on a team together. So I've gotten to meet him and it's real. It's authentic. It's it's not a show. It's not just something he said to make his daughter feel good about herself growing up. Mm-hmm. It's legitimately within him. And I think more men need to step into that truth and do so publicly without fear of someone questioning how dare you support a woman going into wow. ministry. Uh, because just just like Jen said, really would God set it up to take twice as long by discounting <laughs> the women in the population? Son, who thinks like that? I never thought of it like that. I never. was like, Jen, what the heck? That's so good. Like, <laughs> yo. Really, if you read about that mission, it is going to take twice as long if you're not trying to let me in. Like, what the heck? That's so good. Absolutely. And you miss out on so much because mm-hmm. God has made men and women different for a reason. He speaks to us differently. He loves on us differently. Um, he's framed us differently so we interact with him differently so we can share him differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you think about Deborah, you know, the classic example from scripture. You think about Deborah, you think about the fact that she was a judge. She was called, appointed, anointed by God, period. It wasn't like she was an accident. It wasn't like she fell into the position because no one else would do it. No, this was God's design. Oh, well, that's Old Testament. Let's not talk wow. about that. Okay, so let's talk about the New Testament. Let's mm-hmm. talk about who Jesus sent out as his messengers to tell that he resurrected. Let's talk about it. Wow. Because he he didn't send men. Mm-hmm. He sent women. You know what I mean? So, like, there are just, there's so many things that would conflict and contradict that completely ridiculous belief that women are supposed to sit down and shut up, um, which is, again, just another reason why I appreciate women like Jen who are walking into spaces that are predominantly male-oriented, such as being a professor at LPU. Wow. And she's in there taking up space and doing what God has told her to do with no apologies. Oh, that's so inspiring. It's so beautiful to see. It's so encouraging. I want to take her class. I don't I don't know what class she teaches. But <laughs> she but teaches since, a few. She teaches a few. But like to see to see her take up space unapologetically. And it's like it's because of like the enemy really tried to rob that from her. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember her saying, I don't know if it was like one of the Q&As. I think it was one of the Q&As in, in the um, Unseen Gathering. Like, So if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. You're missing out if you if you haven't. Um, but in one of the Q&As, I think one of the questions I was asked of her is like, what's the message that, uh, that you feel you're getting out of this experience? And what she said was that I, I am not a mistake. Like the way that God designed yeah. me and made me. Ah. Uh, is not a mistake like the fact that i'm a woman that's not a mistake the fact that i'm black that's not a mistake it's like oh my gosh that's so such a simple truth that's so deep is seated that it's like bruh it's so powerful the fact that that pivot happened for her to be able to go forth in those spaces boldly absolutely and i think if 
more of us would press into that discomfort of acknowledging, okay, God, they've tried to rob me of my identity here. They've told me that this part of me doesn't fit. Um, And we recognize truly that it's man as in human beings who are making the error and not God in our design, then that's like this crazy level of healing that leads to a crazy level of freedom that we can then pass on to the next generations um, so that the bride of Christ will be ready, like truly ready and healed so that we can be healing for others so that we can minister healing to others and prepare them for Christ's return. Because again, one of the things that Jen said towards the end was just so where my heart is. There Um, are too many people dying and going to hell for me to have time to sit here and argue with you. Listen, if we can get really in our head that we may never agree on theology. Okay. We may never agree a thousand percent on the application of every scripture. Yeah. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we are called to go out and make disciples of all nations. We are called to be ministers of the gospel. We are called to spread the word. We have work to do, but we're too busy bickering with each other and trying to tear each other down over something as stupid as a genetic design. Bruh. Yeah. That we are missing the mark as the body. Because we're imploding. So we've got to get it together because we're here to save souls for the kingdom. Like, I I just, I I love that mindset because that mindset dismisses so many of the lies. For sure. For sure. My gosh. You said it all there, Tibby. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's a passion point for me. Um, For those who don't know me, I get a little passionate as well. Just a little. When it comes to things like this, because I really... I really genuinely believe that God has distinct purpose in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. So who are we to take away from who someone else is because it makes us uncomfortable? Ooh. Yeah. You have any closing thoughts around this one? Well, mm-hmm. Selah. Just Selah. <laughs> <laughs> she had so many, like, just great mic drop moments. But through it all, I think for me... The resounding theme with her was, I will persist without exception, and I will meet resistance with resistance. I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to back down because I know who I am in Christ, Uh and I know what he's called me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a closing thought. Go for it. Um, I really appreciated the way she gave honor to her mother. Uh, being a trailblazer for her to be able to follow after her I think that's just that's so beautiful to see like I didn't I didn't come here on my own like my mother paved the way so I can walk this way or I I there are a lot of things that I don't have to deal with because she dealt with them um and so I just I appreciated that and it just puts the charge on us as women in ministry um, leadership of how we're going to pave the way for those who 
um, who are coming after us. And so I just, I really appreciated that. Yeah, most definitely. I'm absolutely 1000% grateful to all of the women who came before us and fought the battles that we'll never have to fight. Wow, yeah. Whose yes, we get to stand upon. Um, and because of that, it makes that mantle that much heavier. And it really speaks to me how much more intentional we have to be with how we carry it forward. Oh, my gosh. What a way to end it on a light, cute note. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, Jennifer, thank you so much for being who you are. Yes, thank you thanks. so much for showing up in the spaces that you are showing up in as intentionally as you are showing up. And man, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to get to do life with incredible women of mm -hmm. God, with incredible men of God, so yeah. that we can really see God move and God work. Yes, yes, amen. Oh, yes, and thank you for enduring all the hardships that you endured for to be able to come to the other side of it with such strength um, and encourage many, many. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us today on this podcast episode. Again, if you didn't get to listen to the one with Jesse Juarez, please, please go back. You don't want to miss these things because these stories, we, the power of our testimony. Come on, somebody. Is real. And it is Amen. something that cannot be taken away from us. Uh -huh. So again, thank you for taking the time. We look forward to connecting with you further. Take care. Don't be a stranger. <laughs>